everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We're so excited today for this very special episode. We are talking the Hallmark Hall of Fame's latest entry in this historic franchise. We're talking Love Takes Flight. And I'm Rachel, and I thought it would be great to bring a very special guest. This is now our, her third time on our program. We're having Elisa from Best Forever's podcast is here. Hi, I can't believe I've been back three times. This is amazing that you keep asking me. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, you're reaching uh, the our like this is perfect because it's like a, a Hall of Fame guest. Yeah. We've oh, had two other people aside from our regular co-hosts who come back regularly. Yes. 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 Uh, we've only ever had two other people that have been guests three times because we've had Catherine Disher. Yes. who was the voice of, of Mystique and Jean Grey. Uh, and, uh-huh. <laughs> this other is amazing. And then we had Nina Weinman, who is, was our first uh, guest that we ever had, who's also been on three times. So you are in very esteemed company. I'm so excited. I feel <laughs> way more important than I actually am. <laughs> no, you're very, very important. But whenever we have Elisa on, it's just a good reminder to us of like important things that actually matter, like relationships and friendships. <laughs> I love it. Yes. yes. And I think what's really critical here is like, yes, we can focus on relationships, but I also enjoy watching these movies and see how they approach friendship because in my mind, most often friendship is secondary yeah. But when you see storylines that get at some friendship, which I think did exist here in very different ways, that was really exciting. So yeah. I love to come on and say, you know, I think romantic relationships are important, but friendship is too. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Why don't you, just for the people who haven't seen your two other podcasts, which you should, yes. uh, why don't you just remind everybody what you do on your podcast and in your career and everything? Yes, I started Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits in September 2017 as a way to communicate some of the things that I do in my profession. I am a college professor and I focus on uh, friendships and relationships specifically and talking about how we can be effective in those relationships, how we can handle some problems, how we can celebrate them. And I just felt like friendship was something we needed to talk about more. So I started the podcast to do that. And uh, so Best Forevers is all about that. Let's celebrate friendships. Let's work through the issues and just know that we should be thinking about and working on relationships that mean the most, including friendships. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really enjoy what you do. And that's something that's been, I guess I haven't been all that lucky in love despite having all Murky's podcast. Yeah. And so for me, the themes of friendship really ring true for sure. Well, the same, you know, say like, I'm not married. I'm 40. I got two cats, you know, very <laughs> classic, like single lady. <laughs> but friendship has always been important for me. And sometimes I think because I've always focused on friendship, maybe in some ways, I've put romantic relationships secondary. I don't know. That's a, that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> What's wrong with yeah. Alisa? No, just kidding. <laughs> that, that's a whole nother very interesting spiral downward. I think. Exactly. Let's keep it on the up. Let's keep okay. it positive. <laughs> so yeah, last time you were on the podcast, we had so much fun talking about the epicness of the cookie crawl. Yes. Oh. <laughs> 
the cookie crawl amazing the gingerbread houses crawl it was so exciting (laughs) what was so interesting about that podcast is i normally try to keep it around an hour uh, for the podcast but that one i was just i don't know what my mood was we were just having so much fun and i was just like forget it we're just gonna have it go as long as it's supposed to go and it it was (laughs) over an hour and a half i think it was it was really long and you know what it was one of the had some of the best ratings and listens of the whole christmas season that's so, amazing. Yeah. I think I think a lot of it might have come down to the cookie crawl. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I also remember that too, like because you're two hours behind me in time and I felt like we started late. I don't think I went to bed until after midnight my time that night. And yeah. It was just like we were just chatting away, which it, yeah, it was super fun and yeah. y'all are great. And I'm so glad that <laughs> I can be on your podcast and back. But I do yeah. think it is important to remind people. And I try to make this reminder each time I'm on that I, my life has drawn me more to the Lifetime movies than Hallmark, but I do watch Hallmark movies most likely with my mother. (laughs) (laughs) So so I have a little bit like the light side, which is Hallmark and Lifetime obviously goes very dark. And that Uh I think is representative of what I study and what, um, you know, all the things that I, that I do is both light and dark. Yeah. Yeah. They just had an ad, I guess, of Lifetime is doing a, a, a Pride and Prejudice Atlanta. It's going to be interesting. Nice. <laughs> Someone, are you familiar at all with the Hallmark Hall of Fame sort of versus the regular Hallmark? No, but I, I was wondering as I was watching it, if it's Hall of Fame because perhaps the people who were in it, like the actresses and actors, but no, I actually don't know. Yeah. But, uh, so tell <laughs> so, yeah. me on the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes. So the Hallmark Hall of Fame is actually the, I think the longest running serialized program. Okay. Uh, it has been going on since I think like the sixties, like forever long time there's over 200 entries in the hallmark hall of fame and it's it's switched over from various networks for a long time like there were even at one point radio programs that were at the hallmark hall of fame wow. uh, that were sponsored so this goes way way back and uh, they have always been kind of more on for the most part been on sort of the inspirational side and uh they usually had sort of a a uh, feature film worthy budget of some kind like maybe where the normal hallmark movies would maybe be a million dollar budget these would have like three to five million dollar budgets okay Okay. but then ever since it became part of of hallmark channel uh they tend to be um, like the last at least the last kind of six i would say have been more just sort of more budgeted <laughs> versions of what we typically gotcha. get with Hallmark. Okay. And this one, the cast actually was fairly standard. I mean, they're amazing, but it's just as far yeah. as they worked, they work in Hallmark all the time. There wasn't any, uh, they like, looked really familiar. That's why I was like, is this the hall of fame? Like these are like, <laughs> you know, the Susan Lucci's of hall of fame <laughs> or like of Hallmark. <laughs> the biggest difference I, that in this one, that you could tell was there was definitely more of a music budget. <laughs> that was the biggest difference I could tell in this one because yeah, yeah. they actually had heart and soul that they paid for and they actually had a, <laughs> what the world That's needs funny. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
think they yeah they, there was also another song where i was like this is a remake of some jam from like when i was an undergrad and i couldn't place it and i forgot to google it but i was like is this a cold play song <laughs> <laughs> and i would say the cinematography just there's it's just like on a slightly better level but they definitely have become more similar to and i would love for them to change that yeah but uh they've had in in just the last few probably the 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 christmas train like two years ago had a pretty it had danny glover it had john cusack it had uh it it wasn't my favorite but (laughs) yeah i mean she's amazing john cusack but it wasn't my favorite uh favorite movie but uh but anyway they yeah they kind of puff up the budget a little bit for hallmark hall of fame and i (laughs) hallmark hall of fame they it's one of the only programs on television that I actually like watching the, the television commercials. I don't know if you, or if you just fast forward them all or if you want. I don't have DVR. Um, oh, good. So I actually don't use my cable very often because I use Hulu, Netflix, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but when I do watch Lifetime or um, Hallmark, you know, channels like that, that's what I use my cable for. And one of the things that I said to my mom, who hasn't yet watched this movie, and I was telling her about it, I said, one of my favorite parts were the commercials. I like, <laughs> was like, I need tissue for the commercials. They were so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the one about motherhood was amazing. And then the one, the Mr. Rogers one, oh, gosh. I just died. It was so good. It well, was what about the young, uh, the boy who was, well, young man who was in the wheelchair and like that whole journey from the from like going to from his home with his friends to the concert and then yeah. getting like to sort of what do they call it oh my gosh you can tell i've never been in like <laughs> that part of the stage God. where you do like the crowd surfing the mosh they, thing. Yeah, yeah yeah they did the crowd <laughs> surfing with him and i was just like that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. Really that was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the commercials were great. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were really, really good. Yeah, and that's a tradition that goes way back to is Hallmark having these super sad. I and mean, I think that's kind of where you got the whole sort of the commercials are sadder than the, uh, than the <laughs> program. So you need the tissues. Yeah. It was for people watching Hallmark Hall of Fame. And. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this one, uh, what were your overall thoughts about this movie? I, I thought it was really sweet. It's not the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life, but I just walked away being like, that was a very sweet little movie in my opinion. I, I overall enjoyed it. Um, when you talked about like the, what do you call it? The budget, like there was like the storm in it and that seemed central to <laughs> the storyline. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I think one of my favorite parts about it was actually the friendship between Walter and Quinn. And uh-huh. so Walter was, um, is it Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Charlie. Charlie's a father. So Charlie was the pilot that was hired by Lizzie to make the dramatic flight to get the kidney that was needed for a very important surgery through a very dangerous storm. But yeah. so Walter was his dad and they've lost the mother, like the mother has passed away. And Quinn is Lizzie's daughter. I don't know, age, like eight. I have no concept for age of children. <laughs> so I'm assuming like 
third grade. <laughs> don't know. But she, you know, I think that was what was really cool. You don't often see friendships among people who are gener you know, different generations. Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool. And I liked also that it focused on her having, she had a, Lizzie has like a, she admins a smaller hospital and then to have this like really progressive surgery to take place when that's something that's likely to occur in a really high tech and, you know, type of hospital and it focusing on how she can help people. Like there was like a really sweet, I don't want to say agenda, but her plan in life was to get people that could like stay with their loved ones when they were having different transplant surgeries. Yeah. And like, I thought that was really cool. So overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a very sweet little movie in my opinion. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's all about this, uh, according we can, the synopsis. Start, yeah. Sorry. Divorce. I might've given a little bit no, too much did. away. No, you did. You did great. <laughs> No, but so divorced single mom Lizzie Bowman is an expert at juggling the demands of her busy life between raising her five-year-old daughter. Five, oh, five. That is not third grade. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I always get those wrong too. And her job as administrator of the town's hospital. Lizzie's work. Lizzie is working at max capacity. So that's one thing I wondered. So, so Nikki Deloach plays the 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 single mom here, Lizzie, and I interviewed her uh, last week. And so definitely yep. I'll put a link down. You guys, should, if you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. She yeah. was incredible. And I think she's a pretty good actress. Yes. But how do you think that they did as far as portraying her as the single mom is uh, her performance, the script, all of that stuff. How did you think they did with her character? I liked her. Like I, I thought she looked really familiar to begin with. Again, going back to Hall of Fame, I was like, maybe this actress is a Hall of Fame actress. So I immediately went and followed her on Twitter while I was watching the movie <laughs> and could see her like interacting with people. And that was really cool. Um, my one thought about her portrayal, like I like that she moved from being an OB uh, to doing admin so she could spend more time with her daughter which I think is something that not everyone might have the luxury of doing if they're a single parent and they have a small child. And so she's still able to have an impact in the working world in a really neat way. But then she's also able to sort of have more of like a nine to five or an eight to six sort of job. However, I felt she was always just like rolling in. Like I was like, do you not have to be there at a certain time? <laughs> and I don't know if it was an assistant or a nurse but she's always like you got this covered or I'm gonna go over here and you can take care of it and I was like so she has to work longer than you do like <laughs> I don't know there are some things where the time of what she needed to do as an admin did not make sense right so she's just leaving work to go chit chat with the pilot at his house and I was like call him in <laughs> <laughs> and meet him in your office but I realized that's not how you create relationships per se but I just that was my only thought I was like man she can really just do whatever she wants and I would think that even in admin work that working at a hospital would be very time consuming and be very strict on time <laughs> what did you think right about you know, that, that, is, that is very true I I thought there were some weird moments with her, like why she wouldn't want to 
be there for her sister. Like yeah. I get that you want another doctor, you know, to be in charge and a good doctor, but like, I don't know. I thought there was some like, odd moments. <laughs> like, yeah. like if your sister needs support, you're a doctor. Like, yeah you shouldn't have to be like, I'm sure any doctor would be more than happy to have another doctor there, yeah. you know, supporting his patient. Like that's not, I don't know. This that, that was weird to me. Also, I think the movie could have done a little bit better in portraying her as a lonely person. Like her yeah. daughter is so worried about her, but I never really felt that she was that lonely. I mean, not everybody has a, a ton of friends. Some people, yeah. Sometimes they're, some people, their kids are their friends and yeah. that's it, you know, and they're fine. My, that's really, honestly, I think my mom, my mom's never been somebody that had like, you know, like a gaggle of friends. Yeah. She's always been somebody that's just been more happy with her, uh, her siblings and her kids and her husband. And, and that's, that's all that, you know, she kind of needs. And so I don't know, I think they could have maybe done a little bit better of maybe portraying that. I think of, you know, movies where you just get this, such a sense of this person's loneliness. And well, I don't know, the first one to come to mind is in the romantic comedy while you were sleeping. Like, it's just so clear oh, how yes. lonely Sandra Bullock's oh, character is. And yeah. she misses her father and she misses her, you know, she just has nobody. And so when she gets this, uh, this family in her life, it's just a dream come true for her. And I think, that could have been maybe done a little better. I, you know, that is an excellent point. And I think that's sort of, and while you were sleeping, why it might've gone to the point where they thought they, that she was their son's partner was that she was so desperate to have the connections that she didn't have the heart to say that she wasn't in a relationship yeah. with them. Like she kind of like went along with it. And that's an excellent point because the daughter is always like, you need friends and you need this. And she's just like, I'm good. <laughs> she didn't even seem, like she seemed to be fine with their sister, but they didn't even seem to do that much either. And I think that, I think that's a really good point. Like we don't capture loneliness very well because mm -hmm. there is a difference between being lonely and being alone. And so if she had been in a yeah. relationship. You can still be lonely, but I still don't think we capture that very well in media and to me, loneliness is something that is really detrimental to our overall well-being and our ability to have relationships and be successful in new relationships. And so it's almost as if when you're lonely, for example, you might have more challenges in making connections with new people yeah. because that's something that's so overwhelming. But she didn't seem to be concerned about it. And I don't know if a five-year-old has the wherewithal to be like, my mom's really lonely versus like someone who's in college, like my mom never goes out and I want her to be happy and I hope she meets someone. Like, I think that's a completely different scenario yeah. and that it would have to be really clear for a five-year-old to pick up on the fact that she needs friends. I mean, because it didn't feel like, like Quinn didn't have friends and her mom seemed worried about that too. And I was like, well, yeah, if you don't show them with friends on the show, then they're not, they don't have friends, but it's like, we didn't see any interactions with Quinn at and other kids with other yeah. kids. So like, it was just like the mom was really concerned about that. And I also, although I enjoyed the friendship with Walter, because I don't think we look at, I think with friendships and relationships, we're always so concerned about age 
and it's not saying like Walter and Quinn are going to be like besties forever or BFFs, but they can have connections that are really important um, to have. But we're always concerned, like, no, you need to just be friends with people who are your age. Yeah. But at a certain point, age doesn't make a difference in friendship, right. more like how you get along. But I just think that it was interesting, like, you met Walter in the grocery store at the cereal aisle, and he was getting oatmeal. And then I don't know <laughs> if it was the next day or later that day, they ran into him at the coffee shop. Then it's like, let's have a tea party. And I was like, you're just going to go over to this guy's house. Like you're going to take your five year, like at least she was going, but I'm still like, I don't know if I just be like, yeah, let's do this thing. I don't know you. Let's hang out somewhere. That's not public. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a little strange. But. <laughs> yeah. So, but this little girl, yeah. I mean, Hallmark always does a great job with their casting of children, but this Skylar Olivia Flanagan is her name. She was so cute i just i thought that she was one of the most adorable child actors i've seen in a long time i she did a great job i agree like and i don't know if it's like because sometimes it's just like the missing teeth with kids is just like super <laughs> adorable <laughs> so that might have been part of it but yeah i thought she did a really good job and was really overall sweet like and that's why i'm like i don't think she would pick up on some of the things that they were saying that she would pick on, especially since she was five and not in the third grade. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So she makes this uh, book that she's on a mission to find a friend yeah. and her, uh, her mom is obviously very concerned about this and, Oh, does she have friends and, and everything like that. And I, I think that, you know, you have to be really careful. I mean, it's hard for me to get parenting advice as a single woman, yeah. <laughs> but you have to be really careful with kids that you don't create these sort of toxic situations where mm -hmm. a child is worrying too much about a parent Yeah, and that they're not, uh, that they, I don't know, that it doesn't become something that uh, a parent is placing their burdens on, uh, on on a child and yeah. uh, you know, kind of a thing like they shouldn't have to deal with those kind of things as far as divorce and, and it's hard enough for a child. So, yeah. you know, you have to be pretty careful. And, and I, I think it was fine here, but uh, you know, if I, I think it, it definitely is a pretty, you might want to bring some counseling involved with her making this book, I think. Yeah. There's and I had, <laughs> I had a couple thoughts about that. One, I, I agree with you about children and with divorce. And I know in my field and my discipline of communication, there is a family researcher. Her name is Tammy Afifi. And some of her earlier work is about how children can feel caught between parents because of having too much information about what's going on in the divorce versus what's going on like parent child and so it can be just really problematic especially if she knows what's going on with her dad who doesn't seem to be around a lot those kinds of things my other thought was oh gosh did i just lose it to oh if she's concerned about whether or not her daughter has friends i would think one of the first things i would do is talk to a teacher to see what she's like at school now she's in kindergarten so maybe that's a little different Again, two non-parents here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the right. other thing would be, 
besides piano, which is a very individual based activity, mm-hmm. what else does she do? Is she in an art class? Does she do ballet? Is she on a soccer team where there might be interaction with other people of her age? And so doing things that she might enjoy doing, or she can learn more about what she enjoys to do. And it's not saying like you put a five-year-old on a soccer team that they're going to be on the U S women's world cup winning team (laughs) 20 years later. However, I think that is a lot of where we build some relationships and, and learn how to interact with people our age you know, besides school, it might be in church, it might be like in a Bible study class, you know, there might be just like lots of different ways right. to do it. And it didn't seem like there was much going on other than Quinn being in the daycare at the hospital. Like, right. Yeah. What else do you I, do? <laughs> I wondered about that too, that, you know, if she, even if it was just some cousins or just yeah. some, uh, you know, I don't know, just find some people that she can, some other kids, a play yeah. date kind of a thing uh, that she can, she can do. And, and you just want to make sure that there's, there's innocent worries of childhood. And then there's, there's sort of where it gets into the more s- sort of damaging kind of area where they're worrying too much uh, and feel like they are somehow responsible or they're yeah. somehow involved, uh, then you might want to consider getting some kind of counseling involved, yeah. I would say. But sure. she first, she thinks this is all about her finding a friend. And, uh, and then of course she finds out that it's actually about her wanting a friend for her mom yeah. and that her mom is, is lonely. And, uh, so she, I think the, the idea behind the movie is that the reason why, why, Quinn feels this way is that she has Lizzie has segmented her life into these blocks. And that's sort of a theme of the movie is that she's got like her work stuff. She's got her, uh, her family stuff. She's got her, you know, stuff with the ex-husband, all the different parts of her life, all in these kind of blocks and they don't really intermingle well. And uh, so she probably has friends at work, but because she's separated it all out, then Quinn probably doesn't even realize that she has those friends. I don't understand why they didn't pick up on the one I I'm forgetting what her name is, but she's the primary connecting point in the workplace to Lizzie, uh-huh. the lady with the curly hair. I forget what her name is, but like yeah. they seem to have a great relationship. <laughs> Sounds like a friendship to me, but yeah, um, I think she just, she doesn't have people from work like over at the house or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, that's kind of, where the problem is she's just over segmenting her life which is easy to do mm-hmm. and it's easy i mean i can only imagine with kids it's even easier because you've got like other oh, kids stuff the yeah. uh the you know the relationship stuff the you know all kind of thing to try to keep it all from meshing too much but mm-hmm. uh, there's a point where it probably doesn't become very functional yeah. and especially with a career like a doctor where you're so immersed in work mm-hmm. but uh, so yes, like you said, they end up meeting this widower, Walter, at the grocery store, mm-hmm. and he was played by Tom Tom Thon Tom Thon, I guess that's how you say. It. Anyway, and he was a delight. He I was loved so him. Uh, <laughs> Walter was my favorite, I think. Yeah, he was so sweet, and there was a nice little chemistry between him and Quinn. It was very mm-hmm. cute. I think sometimes it can be difficult to see that chemistry between older actors and children, but I thought they, yeah, it seemed like 
even though it's like, okay, all you've done is see him in the aisle of cereal at the grocery store and at the coffee shop, and you're willing to bring them together. Even then, I was like, that seems a little strange. However, they do get along really well. (laughs) And it was Quinn who breaks him out sort of like, okay, of everyone on that show, the one who has loneliness captured the most would be Walter, who is in the, his wife has passed away in the previous year. And he seems to not be over that and, you know, having a difficult time. And it's probably other people who could help bring him out of that. But he's almost segmented everyone else out of his life and dealing with anything like the bills because his wife did the bills, you know. And I think that in some ways, Lizzie and Walter then are meant to be parallel in some way. Um, however, I think if, based on our previous discussion, Walter's loneliness was captured way better than, I, like, I still don't know if Lizzie is lonely or not. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with all these said. And I, I think that we sometimes are too focused on kids being with people their own age. Certainly not, they are all day at school. And one of the things they actually have shown with, uh, like with homeschooling kids is that they can, they can't, people think, oh no, they're socially backward or whatever. That's just bad (laughs) homeschooling kids. But when it's done right, it can actually be really helpful because they are interacting more with people of all different ages. They're Mm -hmm. not just with people their own age. And that can actually be really socially beneficial to, uh, to kids. And uh, so I, I really liked this, this little friendship and, Mm -hmm. and I think, yeah, you have lifetime too much on your hand. hand. (laughs) It's like, like, you're just going to go over to Walter's house. Like that's like my first thought. And then you get there and the house is gorgeous. This is like becoming friends with Santa Claus. I mean, (laughs) Walter's not going to burn I mean, but that might be where I'm like, I'm not inviting anyone over to my house that I don't know. And I'm not walking into anyone's house that I don't know. So that might just be too much lifetime, but I'm also 40. So it's like, I'm set in my ways. Maybe my life is too segmented like Lizzie. Yeah. I mean, it probably is somewhat unlikely these days. There also was no social media really of any kind in this movie. There was no, nobody was really using their cell phones much or I don't know. So that's a whole element of friendship that this movie just kind of modern day friendship that this movie kind of just ignores. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but I don't know, like if I, I think what maybe makes it work is that he had particularly decided that he was going to be more proactive and so if you were more proactive and you kind of felt i don't know for lack of a better word sort of the the spirit calling you to like help these people then maybe you might (laughs) do something like this (laughs) (laughs) well i think you know him being all uh, like walter being out at the coffee shop and, and, you know, um, interacting with them at the grocery store and that sort of thing, I think was him trying to get more out there. But I, he definitely, for me, he was the one who needed friends the most or uh, relationships to kind of pull him out. But I think my favorite part was in the one of the opening scenes uh, when she, when Quinn sees him and she's like, hey, old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Oh, that- great (laughs) he 
kind of took that as like she's this like you know young you know little girl and like let's play off of that and I think that when he saw her at the coffee shop he was like hey young girl and I was like oh I love a good running joke. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I actually am more forward probably about things like this than most people. Uh, And and I'm always doing things that people are like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you. And (laughs) uh, the the one that kind of comes to my mind is, uh, you know, I'll frequently will meet people at movie screenings, like where we're sitting at sitting at line waiting and obviously we have a common interest we're both there we're yeah. both you know and, and you're sitting waiting so you just start talking to people and uh one in particular i can think about is um uh is last this was last year i uh, i was uh going to a concert actually and i'm part of this theater group mm-hmm. and uh i somebody posted on the theater group in facebook I was anybody going to the concert? Do you want to meet up or whatever? And I, I was like, sure. You know, <laughs> it ended up being, yeah, it ended up being me and just this ra- random person uh, from, from this Facebook group. <laughs> we had a lovely dinner and it was great. And I think some people would be maybe really uncomfortable with that because it's yeah. just, what do you, what do you do? Uh, but I don't know. I've actually made some really good friends. Another one like that is at a movie screening. I, uh, it was actually a really terrible movie, but we had to, um, <laughs> as part of the thing, we had to take a picture with, it said, uh, it was called the movie called the space between us, which it really was a terrible movie, but we had to put, I think it was like a poster where we had to write what we were grateful for about the earth. So we wrote it down and then we took a picture. And so I had this person next to me that we chatted with and talked with uh, a little bit while we were waiting. And I, so I got her Facebook or whatever because, uh, um, because she wanted a copy of the picture. Right. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, we, just from that little interaction, we ended up becoming pretty good friends. And uh, so, and she'd been over to my house a number of times. We've done a number of things together. We've become pretty good friends. And so I don't know. Sometimes I think there, there's still a possibility in this day and age for these kind of, I don't know, little, little miracles where you just meet somebody in the most random way. And you know, there you go. <laughs> I agree with it. Like, I think that the lifetime person and me would say, if you feel uncomfortable, you might want to trust your gut in some situation. Yeah. Besides that though, <laughs> Like, I have met or invited people who, like, we've been in, like, a Facebook group together, too, and it'd be for a particular podcast, and we're going to a a live podcast showing for a different podcast, and I'm going with some friends, and they didn't have anyone to go with, and I was like, you come with us, like, we'll meet you there, you know, we'll hang out, and, like, yeah, we're Facebook friends, we're on Instagram, Um, I feel like we frequently interact on Facebook and that sort of stuff, so I think that you know, and part of me is like, I know it's so difficult to make friends that I try for myself, but I also know that I, I, I am sort of wealthy in friendship is the way that I, I, I describe it. But I also know that there's times when I have not been or that you have some difficult times in friendship. And so making a new connection is really important. So when someone is trying to make that connection, I try to sort of lean into that. because I would hope for the same, you know, and, and that has been the case. It's amazing what having even one little thing in common, like, and it's not even little, cause like 
movies for you is, is big, (laughs) you know? And so it's, but it's one of those things that that's all it might take is going to a screening together or sitting through a bad movie together (laughs) can be bonded for life. Yeah. I think that people who are closed off from that are not going to make those connections. And sometimes they might wonder why, and it might be because like Lizzie, and in some cases like Walter, they are so closed off. And I think we all do that sometimes. Like sometimes it's just like, you know, that's not going to happen this month. Like yeah. this month, you know, I was, I was telling Rachel beforehand, like, you know, I'm grading for finals. Like what time are, like my brain is not there. So to like try to make some connection, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for me. But see me after Thursday when my grades are in and it's great, you know, so sometimes I think we're not always might not be open to it or ready for it. But I think we do need to be open to it because if the only way to make relationships now is online, like that can be really difficult, but there's so many other ways to do it, right? Like you said, you're in a theater group, you're in the sort like there's so many ways to make friendships but sometimes we have to go out on a limb and go to that well I mean I'm not going but like go to yoga class (laughs) I'm more indoorsy like I might go for a walk (laughs) in my house on my stairs but that's about it but you know what I mean like but if you're into yoga and you want to make connections you might have to go to a yoga class by yourself and I know for a lot of people that is really difficult. But I think if people can do it, like, you know, Lizzie is so shut off that like all she does is go to work. Then, you know, if you don't ever put yourself out there. So I guess when she went to go see Charlie at his house, maybe that was her putting it out there. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think that there's sort of two things going on here. First, not everybody needs it. And so if you don't need it, then you're fine. And, you know, that's fine. Like my mom just doesn't have a whole lot of friends and she's fine. Yes. She's fine with it. And that's fine. But if that's something you want in your life, if that's something, then I totally agree with you that just like the smallest thing Uh you can build a friendship on. Like dating is a whole nother thing because that's, that's different. (laughs) But as far as a friendship, like it can be the most ridiculous thing. Like you both like watching Survivor, for instance. I've made so many friends based (laughs) on watching Survivor and uh, watching Hallmark movies. I've made lots of friends through that. And, uh, and a lot of times if you can just think of one thing that the other person has in common, then you can just, then you can, can be less intimidating to start that conversation. Even if you're just complimenting them on something they're wearing that that yes. can kind of break the ice. Yes. You're like, Oh, I like your orange shirt. Orange. That's a, you know, that's a cool color. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> earrings. I don't know. And then you can start talking and most people are really nice people mm-hmm. and most people. Are, and, it's not, and so, you know, you just have to uh, let go of some of those fears. If that's something that you want, if you don't yes. care, and you're not something you want, then that's fine. I then think, be happy with your life. <laughs> I think that's an excellent point. Like, I think that I was sort of proceeding with the idea of like Walter and Lizzie here where like for me, Walter seemed like he needed it or yeah. um, wanted it. Lizzie still, you know, the jury's out on that. But yeah, <laughs> for some people having one really great friend is all they need. For someone else, it might be having a large group of like 15 to 20 friends. Like, 
Yeah. It's what works for you. But I think no matter what, every single person needs some sort of connection, whether it be being friends with their parents or, you know, yeah. um, with a coworker or a neighbor or someone from church or something, you know, someone on Facebook. I think we all need, like, it's an, a, an inherent human need to have connections, but we don't all have to have the same connections and the same amount of connections. Right. One of the things that you said, you know, most people are nice. And if some people aren't into it, don't take it personally because right. they might just be not ready for it at that time or they might be all set with their one friend or their 15 friends. And so yeah. it's kind of like, it is dating in that aspect where it's kind of like, we'll move on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing too is that sometimes I've had people in my life where I'm like, we should be friends. We have so much in common. We, we like so many of the same things. We have such similar personalities and yet it doesn't work for whatever yeah. reason. It's just a timing thing. It's yes. a, chemistry thing even though you think you should have chemistry with this person <laughs> and uh, and it's not personal it's just you know it's just the thing that happens sometimes and then I've had people where I'm like why am I friends with this human like we yes. have nothing in common and, and yet it just works for some reason so I don't know just I, I would say try to yeah. be open and uh, and yeah try to be the kind of person that you would want to be friends with the yeah. kind of be try to not be judgmental, try yeah. to uh, look at the good in people. And, uh, and, you know, usually in a friendship, like, I feel like most of the time, you're going to feel like you're giving more into the friendship than the other person is. Mm -hmm. But it, whether that's accurate or not, I feel like yeah. that's almost the best way like you should not that you you don't want to have high maintenance burden some friends because yes. that can be toxic. Yeah. But I do think that you should, you shouldn't be looking like, what is this person giving to me? What are they, you know, what are they adding to my life? Like it mm -hmm. should be, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for this friend and yeah. that, that I mean, I don't know if that makes well, sense. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it is, it shouldn't always be like, well, they're not giving me exactly what I need at this given moment. So why am I even friends with them? There's an ebb and flow yeah. and you know, in some cases you might not see a friend for three months, but it, it's not anything about the friendship. Um, it could just be about other things that are going on. Maybe you're at a distance. You know, I have a friend who's about to give birth. So I don't take any offense to not hearing from her from like a month before until two months after. Like I'll contact her and I can't wait for the baby to arrive and that sort of thing. But if she isn't like, hey, Elisa, how you doing today? I'm not going to be like, oh my God, we're not you know, like sometimes it's like, we have yeah. to, we have to think about those things. Right. But right. also at the same time, if you are constantly giving in your time and attention and support and you're never getting anything back, like the friend I'm talking about, I've been friends with her since for 15 years. Right. Yeah. But if this is someone you've been with friends for five months and it's only about whether or not you can drive them somewhere or do favors for them, you might rethink it, you know, yeah. or maybe you might go, she's, you know, that's a good relationship to catch up on survivor, you know, once a week on text or, you know, someone to go to coffee with. It doesn't mean we have to be everything to everyone. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Agreed. And so <laughs> what did you think of this wild, uh, this pilot, this wildlife <laughs> uh, commitment faux pilot guy? 
Um, well, first off, I would say I thought he was very handsome. If I can, if I'm allowed to say he that, <laughs> was very dishy. I completely yeah. agree with you. He was very, very. So handsome. he has the look. Like I think he yeah. looks like you know, like okay, I get the pilot life from him, but I okay. <laughs> I felt like from the beginning. He was just constantly going rogue in situations you do not go rogue in. Like, he's yeah. trying to dictate the interview to the woman who's interviewing him. And I was like, uh-uh. Like, you wait yeah. till you get hired and you know the person to kind of play that, like, charming, like, you just need to calm down. And, and I was like, uh-uh. So at the beginning, I was like, I don't like him. And it's not even like a bad boy thing. It was sort of like a, you don't respect any boundaries. <laughs> No, it's not that he was a bad boy by yeah. normal standards. He's yes. totally is a bad boy by Hallmark standards. Totally. <laughs> you know, he's like, <laughs> he's got like the leather jacket. Like, Sorry. I, getting- that was a weird laugh because I had just taken a sip of water and I didn't want to spit it out. So if yeah. you're listening right now and it sounded like a muted machine gun, <laughs> that was me trying not to spit up my water. But... <laughs> yeah but yes he is he is bad boy with a hallmark heart of gold yeah that's right <laughs> he he doesn't get along with his dad and he he's he moves every six months or whatever and yeah that the interview <laughs> scene i i would have i mean there's no way like that it's nonsensical like if he wants yes. to get that job like it 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 makes no sense for him to not be like, okay, let's go to your office and sit down. Like, what? Well, like, okay. Wow. So, She's really well, reining him in there. Like, <laughs> and, and full disclosure, I teach an interviewing class. And <laughs> I have a senior level capstone class where they do interviews. And that's been happening a lot in the last couple of weeks where they've done the employment interview section of the class. Uh-huh. And- I'm just like, maybe I'm just a little bit too much into it, but I'm like, no, I would have been like, we're all, I've heard enough. Like, I would just be like, nope, I'm all set. So now I'm like, next time I teach the interviewing class, I'm bringing that interview, that clip from that movie in to be like, what do you think about this? Do you think you're going to get a job if you act like this? Just because you're handsome with a twinkle in your eye doesn't mean you're going to get the job. You've gone rogue, buddy. Like, yeah. I would have been like, okay, (laughs) like, okay, Maverick, this is not Top Gun here. Like, oh my god, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this isn't Kelly McGillis. (laughs) Wouldn't have any of it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was just a. It was really, it was really funny, and I'm like, this guy. I mean, (laughs) I don't think that he would get any jobs anywhere but he seems to be able to charm his way into employment wherever he goes so he just thinks uh, like with a with a smile and a wink of the eye that he's just gonna get all these things and i'm like you're attractive but like you need to have several seats right now because like that's not the only thing that is needed nor wanted or respected in this society and it's almost like people there's already i think we have a stereotype I'm not saying everyone, but I do think there's a stereotype that attractive people are considered to be like cocky or um, snobby. And I was like, why don't you stop trying to perpetuate that stereotype by just assuming whatever you do is fine and that you're going to get by on your 
you know, super awesome flying skills. Like you didn't even get that far. She doesn't know anything about you. And then it isn't until later when she discovers that, cause she sends him away the first time. And I was like, stay strong, Lizzie, stay strong. <laughs> she sends him away. And then her one friend from the workplace is like, well, he's been in the military. And that's when she's like, oh, okay. I'm like, you didn't even get that far. Like start off with your strengths, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like <laughs> the pieces didn't quite add up completely because if he's in the military and he's super commitment phobe and super kind of estranged from his dad and everything, like I would expect him to, I was expecting him to have some PTSD kind of thing or there was some oh. reason, but it's, it, there was never really given a reason. He's just, he's just kind of a punk and he likes, he wants to be Maverick from Top Gun. Yeah, it's like, so why, what about it, like, did it come from your childhood? Is it just simply, well, not simply, but is it your personality, you know, like, because Walter seems like a very nice, loving man that clearly was upset, and I think the, the times when they were trying to communicate, and I do think, like, Charlie was trying to communicate with his dad, and his dad kind of shut it down, you could see some sadness there on both ends, right? Like that it wasn't until the end, if I can say this yet, is when, yeah. when Walter's like, but I lost my wife. And then Charlie's like, but I lost my mom. And so yeah. they both lost them, but I don't think they had seen it that way previously. And so I just don't know. I was like, it sounds like Walter had a wonderful relationship with his wife and they, the how, I mean, I'm not saying like, obviously, you know, just because they have a nice house doesn't mean anything, but it just seemed like a nice place to be. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, right. what happened, Charlie? Like, who hurt you? Like, tell us more. But that also might be the lifetime person in me. <laughs> like, well, no. So they, they were estranged because they, Walter didn't tell Charlie about his, about the sick. sickness of the yeah wife mother and so he was very upset about that which is like a pretty big thing to not tell your child but then also like he's should be slightly more invested in his parents to have realized that she was getting sick at least a little bit i would think he would he wouldn't he would have some idea but they hadn't even scattered her ashes anyway it was just a mess between the two of them I have forgotten about that. So thanks for the reminder. And that is something that I think happens a lot. Like I think parents think that they're protecting their children and from not sharing information when they definitely need to know the information. And I think that is almost like you don't believe I can handle knowing that my mom is sick. And it's like, even if I have a difficult time, I still have the right to know that my mom is sick. But also, maybe you should give your mom a call, Charlie. Like, pick up the phone. <laughs> maybe visit every now and then. Yeah, and but I did think it was really fun when she's like, "Who's that? Who's that out in the, uh, the plane, the seaplane, or whatever they're called?" Yeah. And then he's like with his like sunglasses on. It's like, I don't know, that was really. Fun. I'm like, oh, it's the same guy. Yeah, I was like, and I don't know, I didn't see that coming until like. that very moment and I was like come on Elisa you didn't see that coming like a mile away (laughs) (laughs) and I thought they had decent chemistry between the two of them 
yeah. Nikki Deloach and Jeff Hepner, I thought they, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think that can, that's been one of, like, when I watch Hallmark movies, I'm like, would I place the two of you together <laughs> in terms of relationship? But overall, I mean, the cookie crawl one was A++++ plus plus right. plus yeah, for real. Yeah. So that is my standard is the cookie crawl couple, which I don't remember their names, yeah. but that I just, the Dana feeling. Dana Beaker. I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah. He was handsome too. Okay. He was. So <laughs> I think the chemistry is important and I was very pleased with theirs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still question several things like uh, why, like, again, I think I've said this three times. So clearly it like really stuck a crush <laughs> with me, but you went to his house to talk about business. You pick up the phone and be like, I need to see you in my office. <laughs> like, so I think no, but she was, no, she was there. She was there for the tea party. No, there was another time when she went to the house to talk to him about something. Oh, I, was there? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I called and this could have been a phone call. This is like having a meeting that could have been an email. Right? Well, I mean, that's classic, that's classic television for you that you'll, you'll always have people, first of all, usually in a sitcom, you know, people just walk through the doors of people's yeah. houses and you're like, what's going on? Like, why? Your doors. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Again, Lifetime Elisa says lock your doors. <laughs> And so what did you think about this whole organ delivery situation? So there's this uh, horrible storm there. They, if they get the, if they get the organ, I guess it was kidneys. I can remember. Yeah. Uh, then they'll be able to do the surgery and be able to save this person. And so there's sort of two sides to the story. His side is you hired me to do these high risk deliveries. That's why you hired me. Yeah. And he knows he can do it. He's hundred percent confident uh, but then from her perspective is uh, that it could crash into, it could ruin the, the helicopter, it could crash into the building, it could endanger a lot of people's lives. And so she tells him, no, do not go through the storm. Do, do not do it. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And so he <laughs> then goes ahead and does it. And he does it safely, even though it's pretty shady there for a second. That, 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 uh, that helicopter gets moved around pretty good. I was like, wow. But uh, he does land it and they're able to do the surgery. And then she says to him, that was the most selfish act I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think that was selfish or do you see his point or where do you land on the organ? I, organ have, I, I have a foot on both sides of the line, if you will. One, yeah. He is Charlie Rogue. So I think that sometimes his decision-making is a little faulty because I think he's almost too confident. And I think, though, to do high-risk things, you need to have that. However, if it had gone wrong, oh, my goodness, I can only imagine the amount of lawsuits, right, that would yeah. have occurred. Um, and the other thing is, I guess, if she makes a call and says no, or like five people are like, don't do it. And he does it. I do understand why she fired him because you've been given an order, a direct order per se. And I think in this situation, it was about safety and it's not like a direct order where they're doing something unethical. Um, you know, like in that case, like don't follow those, you know, 
demands, right? But in that sense, like, it was about safety. You know, she didn't want anything to happen to him. But I don't think, okay, this is where it gets tricky because I do think he's, like, overconfident so he can make some maybe some poor decision-making. However, I think he knew that he he was doing it because it would save a person and it would help the hospital. And I think he was ultimately doing it for her, which can also be problematic decision-making. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the patient and saving a life, then I don't think it's selfish at all. However, Charlie Rogue. I mean, he was 100% confident that he could he do was. it. But I think he would have been 100% confident if there had been a tornado. And I don't think a tornado would have been like, like the tornado would have been like, bro, I don't think this. <laughs> well, yeah. I think uh, I'm going to win this one. <laughs> right? You know, so it's like, what would have been the line for him? Would it have been a tornado? Would it have been a hurricane? I don't remember where they were located in North Carolina. It's, isn't it usually yeah, North it was, Carolina? It was totally Georgia, but I'm not sure where the movie is supposed to take place. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. What, did, what about you? <laughs> I don't think it was the most selfish act ever. No, 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 not at all. But he definitely was being a he definitely was being a punk. Yeah. And <laughs> so I don't know. There's a there's a line. Yeah. But in the end, he did it, and so it's hard to argue with him. In the end, you know, you kind of yeah. one of those outcome things. I don't blame her. I guess for firing him. I mean, from the very beginning, I was like, why did she hire him? This is this, this <laughs> truly. The only pilot in the entire, wherever this is, that she, this is the only helicopter pilot in anywhere, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like that old story of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Native American warrior who picks up the snake and then takes him up the mountain and then the snake bites him. Yeah. He's, Why did you bite me? I just took you up the mountain. And the snake says, you knew what I was when you picked me up. And... <laughs> She knew he was Charlie Rogue. She knew what he was when he picked him up. So there you go. What are you going to do? Excellent. I, I, what is it called? What did you say it was? Parable. Okay. It was from Native American culture, though. Is that what you I said? I guess. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I love it. That is such a great point because it's like, I mean, I don't even know if they fully got through a full interview to really know. And I would also think that she, he would have to do some flying to demonstrate what he could do. Not that she was going to get up there and fly with him because she was afraid of heights. But yeah, to me, I'm like, the thing about going, well, it's hard to argue after the fact, but if it had been a different outcome, then yeah. it's like, you know, and so that's the thing is you can't ever guarantee what the outcome is going to be. And so in some cases you do have to, but draw the line right i mean yeah. that's medicine in general isn't it yeah. i mean there's never a guarantee of the outcome yeah especially well, when we Grey's anatomy yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. well then there were probably the risk <laughs> <laughs> well there would probably be a co-pilot as well of some kind yeah. helping make the decision i would think but <laughs> anyway it was it was a thing that happened and it was pretty exciting <laughs> and <laughs> so that weather i think also indicated big budget yeah the, no for sure there was a storm there's no doubt about it and it wasn't just like some green screen terribleness <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good yeah and so what did you think about the whole sort of plot line with the music also like 
<laughs> I, I did kind of laugh that they picked Heart and Soul because I feel like Heart and Soul is the song that anyone who has ever been around a piano knows how to play Heart and Soul. Like, anyone even if you don't know how to play anything else, you don't know any other notes, you know, Heart and Soul. If you've seen Tom Hanks in Big, you're like, I got that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I also was like, so there's this big buildup for music, and I really appreciated um, that it helped develop uh, Walter and Quinn's friendship because, and it started to really pull Walter out of, uh, for lack of a better word, his the funk that he was sort of yeah. in because he wanted, he was pulling out sheet music. He wanted to teach her how to read it and all this kind of stuff. But then yeah. all the buildup, and I swear the song is like 20 seconds long. Yeah. And I was like, that's it? That's all yeah. we got. We didn't have a budget for a full scene or? <laughs> well, because also that was his wife's piano in his house. And so yeah. it was, yeah, they could have had it be longer, but you know, maybe there's copyrights or something. I don't know. <laughs> They only got like 20 seconds of hard soul, but it, it was really like, cute. Let me try a harder song. Let me teach you this other song. I don't know. Like I could even see the Barbara Niven character, the, 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 uh, piano teacher. Yeah. I could see her and Walter. I thought that was going right? to happen. I truly <laughs> did. I thought, cause even when I saw the preview for this movie, I was like, you know, I really enjoyed even just listening to how they um, presented it because they talked about friendship and they talked about how everyone needs connection with like the little clips they got from the show. And I was like, okay, that lady and that guy, yeah, this happening, <laughs> really and cute. nothing. And I was like, what? Why not? <laughs> What's happening? In the Love Takes Flight sequel, we wanted to be focused on Martin and Tom Thomas characters falling in love. Front row for me. Front yes, row. I'm watching that. Loving it. <laughs> it was just so cute, though. I mean, I could have watched them play together, Quinn and Walter, all yeah. day long. It was so cute. And then the fact her dad came was adorable. Yeah. And uh, so you're like, okay, Quinn's going to be all right. She's yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also is, I think, a really important moment in the movie is that when um you know her teacher can't be there for the recital and that walter who's sort of been afraid to play the piano but is willing to teach her how to play sheet music or he's going to come to the recital but the fact that he's like i'm going to play with you and then he does it, I think, is very important to sort of a shift in Walter's world. And yeah. that's why I think all sorts of different kinds of friendships are critical. I don't know that Charlie Rowe could have got him there. And Lizzie's definitely not because I feel like she's like, yeah, we can go over to Walter's. And then she's like talking to Charlie Rogue, And it's like, who knows yeah. what's going on elsewhere? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. He's very distracting. <laughs> I would be distracted. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I think that maybe sometimes is hurt by these uh, these shorter TV movies that just don't have the time, but I really wish we'd gotten one more scene between Charlie and Lizzie uh, mm -hmm. between, because basically they have their argument mm -hmm. and she, he, he gets, gets fired. fired. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to leave and she comes running, you know, whatever to, and he's 
Walters with the big arms and oh, laying him down and everything. And then they have their super romantic, great moment at the end. Yeah. But I really wish he'd had one more scene in between there where maybe he had tried to explain his point of view or there'd been something, but you know, it's just a question of time, I think with these, yeah. uh, but I don't know. It would have been nice. I think. Cause she yeah, goes from annoyed. She goes from being annoyed to in love really quick. <laughs> I feel like there needs to be another moment of at least of more tension where they have to come together somehow um, and maybe not happy about it. But then like someone does or says something and the other person's like, it kind of warms their heart just a little bit. Like, Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I felt like from firing to like kissing in his, uh, it's not even a backyard. It's like a, yeah. What do you call it? The side of a lake. <laughs> yeah, lakeside property or something. <laughs> like, I mean, that house was gorgeous. Yeah, like it was. <laughs> Loved it. Um, but yeah, I definitely felt like there, because she like, he's leaving for Alaska. And I'm like, how do you know? Are you on his Facebook? Like, there was, like, how did she find that out? Like, so I think if there would have been three more minutes between firing and the end, a lot of that could have come together. And maybe that's why Heart and Souls is so fast is because they're like, we gotta make this happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was a pretty good uh pretty good ending kiss, I thought. You know, sort of yeah. it's, it was sort of one of those uh shut up and kiss me moments, which I really <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> it's like, I thought it was good. I, I was really pleased like I liked it took I think here's the thing. Maybe Walter didn't need to spend two minutes waving him down from the plane as he was leaving to bring uh, Charlie Rogue back to Lizzie. We could have got yeah. some more tension somewhere else. But I thought that was really cute. Like, the, no, really don't cute. leave, don't leave. And then he's like, oh, gosh, what's happening with my father? You know? Yeah. And she's I like, wait, that. are you going to, you're, 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 she's she's like what you know you're so frustrating you're terrible <laughs> but i just keep thinking about you it was a really really classic rom-com speech yeah and then just he just goes for it and it was great that was really yeah. fun right yeah. but it. i did enjoy it from beginning to end um you know but yeah i could have probably used a few more minutes to sort of create that climax and to get to a yeah. resolution yeah yeah but it was just a sweet little movie I just left feeling, oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> I can't think of another way to describe it. Well, and I think you're probably thinking that because there was a lot of friendship in there. And that's right. How often <laughs> does that happen? So how many crowns out of five would you give this one? Ooh, I would give it a good solid four if they added in the three more minutes. And yeah. A, a, a puppy, I'd probably go four and a half. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty close. I was getting at 3.75 crowns. Oh yeah. I forgot. I can do very specific <laughs> point numbers here, but yeah, it's, it, I can round up to four. <laughs> okay. Very good. And I have it at number seven in my ranking for this year. I have it just after True Love Blooms, which was very dishy. You would really enjoy it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just before Winter Love Story. So there you go. <laughs> if people want to find your podcast and stuff, where can people find you? I'm on all the usual podcatchers. So your favorite podcatchers. It's, you can usually type in Best Forever's pod and it comes up, but the full name is Best Forever's A Podcast for Kindred Spirits. And then I'm Best Forever's pod on 
Instagram, Facebook, and so, and I almost said, and social media, but how about <laughs> and Twitter? And I'm actually updating my webpage. So I would say in about two weeks, it'll look really good. But okay, I actually great. got the domain for my full name and it's Elisa Lucas, A-L-Y-S-A. And so all stuff, friendship will be located there. Great. And we'll have all that in the, the in the description section. Yeah. And yeah, you can find us at Hallmark East Pod, all of our social media and on iTunes and YouTube. And we have a new Patreon set up, which we're really excited about. And it's a way that you can support not only Hallmark East Podcast, but Rachel's Reviews, which is my other podcast and Amy uh, Lynn Craig's uh, YouTube channel as well. We're all going to be putting out, we have early content that you can get there uh, that uh, you can have our when calls the heart uh, episode three recap that we have that you can get almost a week early than anybody of any other listeners. And it's only cost $2 is the lowest tier every month to become a patron. And we have a secret Facebook group that if you become a patron with only $5, you can be in the Facebook group. So the, it, we're really excited about it. And it's obviously not required to listen to the podcast, but if you have the means and you want to contribute, we would really love it. So we're I really excited you, about that. So I can that. get in this secret group. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's pretty epic, the secret group. Oh. So $5 on Patreon. I'll have the link in the description section. Please check it out. We would be so grateful. So there you go. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube and Ron Tomatoes. And so that's a lot of fun. And, <laughs> and thank you so much, Lisa. This was great. Always. I had a great time talking with you about this movie and let us know your thoughts about the movie. Did you like it? Not like it? Where does this stand for you as far as recent Hallmark Hall of Fame films? Uh, we both enjoyed it. And so let us know and we will talk about it. And so thanks so much. And we'll talk again soon. Bye. Bye.